0: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck with the Original. I'm your host Casper. I'm your other host Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because
1: Wednesdays are for podcasts.
0: And before we get into our spooky, spooky dooby boogie dooby ghost haunted Spookiedee episode, doobie
1: doobie. <laughs> Scooby Dooby
0: Scooby Dooby Do Scooby Dooby yeah. Scooby Scooby! Oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> You can help us solve the
1: crime. I'm like Scooby, <laughs> a pup named Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I think every iteration from the very earliest one, I fucking love Scooby Doo. How could you not? How could you? If you grew not? up on Scooby Doo, you're gonna fucking love every Scooby Doo there, well, there ever was.
0: The pup named Scooby Doo for... I liked, but the this new Scooby Doo I don't like. The new oh no, whatever this,
1: yeah, no.
0: I liked the Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? scooby doo doo Oh. Where are you? Oh, yeah. That series,
1: and then the pup named Scooby-Doo. The original series, and then, of course, the live-action movie. Yep. Of course. Of course. Anyway. So
0: before we get into our spoopy episode, all about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, and all the ghosties, we need to talk to our sponsor. Calm your body down. (sighs)
1: i was like that has some funk on it
0: you know i felt like being more funky instead of jonas (laughs)
1: brothersy like yeah i'm taking it it's cool all right guys so um i know there hasn't been a lot of posts this week me apologies but orders have still been open um i promise the new scent is going to be coming soon Um, just supplies have been limited. So I've got to get some things in before I start, um, making some batches, test batches before I make any announcements about some new scents coming. But, um, otherwise, uh, just keep following back on the, um, Instagram page. That's where everything will be posted. Everything is still going to continue shipping through Etsy. Um, I've gotten, thank you for everyone for your support with the price changes. I'm still getting orders. So that's been really great. Um. Anybody that participated with Mother's Day last week and ordering, very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, otherwise everything is on Etsy, calm your body down all across the board on Instagram, and that's all I got. Just stay tuned for some new stuff coming.
0: Why please tell me why when I was a tell me why? Please tell me when I was about <laughs> when I was about to do the calm your body down thing. My <laughs> brain went.
1: Nah, nah, nah. Na, 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 na. Kenny G just popped in your head for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. Now that song is gonna be stuck in my head. I know that whole fucking song. I grew up Isn't in the that I, song grew, in, um, I grew up in the nineties, so I grew oh my god, I What's know, that
0: movie it's in? Um The Mask.
1: Oh god, it's been in a Master of Disguise.
0: Movies. Isn't it in Master of Disguise? Probably it's been Oh 80,000
1: years since i Why I've did my that. brain just
0: conjure up that
1: song? It's been in a lot of movies. It's I grew up up when like... that song came out. Like, that song's been in a lot of different fucking movies. I'm on radio tonight, clearly. Um, But calm your
0: body down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all the
0: music. I was like,
1: that's about as most as we can even do. So Kitty G doesn't sue us. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: Anyway, guys, I'm sorry I haven't really been posting the treat yourself Tuesdays and the the movie reviews.
1: I've been taking a very serious break from social media. Both of us have. It's um, been kind of one of those things. It's hard when you're running businesses through social media when you want to take breaks from social media. Yeah. So, it's kind of a difficult dichotomy, and we appreciate everybody's everybody just, you know, bearing with us.
0: <laughs> I want to try to get back to it next week though. Um I'm sure you all have seen on my social media that, you know, something very special has happened in my life recently, and that's why I haven't had a brain for about a month, so I've been kind of trying to take, you know, some steps away from social media so I can actually think, but clearly I haven't been able to think, and my brain's on 72 right now, but I do want to try to get back to it next week. We're going to start the Treat Yourself Tuesdays again, and the movie reviews. You guys seem to really like the movie reviews, so... Definitely try to get back to that next week, and uh, we wanted to make a little announcement. We're gonna we're gonna kind of revamp the podcast a little bit. By revamp, I mean so we can reach more audiences. Because you know, as we're growing as a uh, as a podcast and reaching, wanting to reach more people, you know, having the word "fuck" in our name can be an issue we're not changing the name for everyone who's going (gasps)
1: we're not changing the name (laughs) no we definitely are changing our name you know it was something that um honestly i i have you know with me working from home and casper having more of a traditional nine to five i have more time to listen to a lot listen and watch a lot of different podcasts and um there have been other podcasts out there that have had cuss words in their names, and um, you know, later on down the line, as their popularity grows, they start to realize that the reach, at some point, does become limited, not only with audiences, but also with the prospect of merchandise Mm -hmm. when there is certain words in the name. So, um...
0: It's not even just producing it, it's also just actually getting people to buy it. Like, where are you going to be allowed to
1: wear a shirt that says fuck, where you're not going to be approached i mean i know a lot of people do there's a really right. there's a really great company that i know of that's got a shirt you know that says it and i would wear it but right. it's like also i would pick and choose where i would wear it because if i right. were it in target that might be. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like so i get it and Basically, the announcement is that um, we're just shortening to our initials, which you guys are more than familiar with anyway, because it's in our email, it's Mm -hmm. in our Twitter handle. Um, DFWTO is not that difficult to say, it's not that difficult to remember, and it's just more marketable. So, um, we're not changing the name, it's just that in the intro, we will now be referring to the podcast as the DFWTO podcast. Um, on all of our socials, it will be changed to DFWTO Podcast. Right now, it is on Twitter, but coming Instagram and Facebook later, it mm-hmm. will be just the DFWTO Podcast. So, anything that you search for us across the board will be the DFWTO Podcast. Um, and I'm going to try to get it changed on all of the platforms
0: as well. Uh, that's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. So, um patience yeah again (laughs) but bear with us. it it will be officially changed to the dfwto podcast like becky said um but we're not changing the name it's still don't fuck with the original right so um
1: we're not changing anything about um our brand nothing is changing nothing about uh what we talk about our topics um We cuss like sailors, so we're not going to What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I know the fuck. Um, So nothing about that is going to change. Nothing about our subject matter is going to change. We are always going to be a horror, true crime, paranormal-themed podcast. Um, So the heart of what we are and what we do isn't going to change. It's just so that we can have more reach um, and just be more marketable. Because we know you guys have wanted merchandise from us we have wanted to bring you merchandise we have finally found someone that we are trusting of in producing merchandise for us so now that we've got the name nailed down it'll be a lot easier for us to not only produce the merchandise but then bring the merchandise to you guys so that you guys can wear it and you can wear it anywhere and that way people can yep. ask you Um, because we will incorporate there, there will be merchandise that's going to be incorporated with just our logo on Mm -hmm. it because our signature logo is just the initials. So, um, you know, from there you can let people know. And it's also great for merchandising
0: as well, because, you know, you can wear it anywhere. So more people are more apt to ask you or, you know, you, you don't have to subject to the places that you wear it. Obviously you're not going to wear that in a Bob Evans. (laughs) you know (laughs) so that's just we wanted to let you guys know kind of what we're doing because we're going to be slowly integrating into that so you guys weren't like what the fuck is happening Um, that's what's happening and it's I think it's going to be good for us I think it's going to be good to opening ourselves up to more listeners and you know if fuck really does bother you that bad then this is probably not the podcast for you
1: And I don't even know why you've been listening this long (laughs)
0: Really, (laughs) like really, you just fucking sin to be offended.
1: Get a life.
0: There are Karens. There are are Karens. But anyway, guys, we wanted to tell you guys that, let you know what's kind of going on, especially if anyone did notice it on the Twitter, Uh, on the
1: Twitter, on the Twitter.
0: I'm sorry, it was Betty White for a minute. Um, But yeah, so that's going to be happening, and of course, you know, the website will be coming out. Um, I'm really hoping to get that up and going this summer. Merchandise get, we're, we're wanting to do the change before we get the website and the merchandise up. Right. Which is why it's kind of been
1: put off a little bit. This is something that me and Becky have been discussing. Um, changing it on those socials is going to be very simple. So mm -hmm. once we have everything nailed down, then we can just go right into website and merchandising with the new name and we won't have to worry about changing anything further. So it's going to be great. Thanks guys for the support. We're looking forward to it. Um, it's, it's going to be great. And we just wanted to basically let you guys know. So you weren't blindsided and also to assure everyone that the the name is not changing. The subject matter is not changing. The foundation of the podcast isn't changing. All of that will still be the same, just the name. So we can reach more people and make us more marketable because you know, good old fashioned American capitalism. (laughs) you're a grand old
0: flag (laughs) (laughs) anyway so guys we're talking about a new haunted location this evening that me and becky will be visiting next year Mm -hmm. called the trans allegheny lunatic asylum located in west virginia Super excited to talk about this because you know what's really funny is that I honestly didn't know anything about it, really. You know, going into this, learned a lot. Kind of like Western State, kind of like West Virginia Penitentiary,
1: right? Same. Because
0: knew absolutely fucking nothing about that, and then now I'm kind of like, <laughs> Uh,
1: well, yeah, same. I was just like, <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, We're literally going to again, snort and sage. I was like, <laughs>
0: We're going to snort sage and we're going to snort crystal powder. And
1: I am <laughs> probably going to have like a crystal up my ass and one stick. of. Palo I was like a whole bag of crystals my up my ass. I'm going to have one Palo Santo stick sticking in one nostril and a sprig of sage sticking in the other. Some lavender <laughs> in my I'll ear. I'll probably
0: put, you know, maybe a little bit of a,
1: I don't have big tits cause otherwise I would stick the crystal in between my tits. So that's why I got to stick it in between my butt cheeks. Uh, it's the only way you can keep it in there. You oh get you a good grip. Find,
0: you won't find it. I'm telling you, you get won't. a good grip on it. I have bigger tits, <laughs> and I can't even do that shit.
1: You're like, where did it go? It's
0: oh god, the- it's gone. <laughs> oh god, it's gone. I left my crystals at
1: home. No protection. <laughs> I don't know which is worse when you when you leave it at home, or you absorb it and you can't find it.
0: <laughs> um, excuse me, nine one one. I have an emergency. There's a crystal up my ass. I think.
1: I stuck my, ro- my rose quartz up my ass, and I think it's gone.
0: I stuck my rose quartz I up I think it's my gone. Ass. I can't find it. Could you imagine? I just shit a rose quartz I think today. it's gone.
1: Oh, I don't know if that's... that's good or
0: bad. I'd make a fucking fortune shitting rose quartz. quartz. Anyway. <sighs> so moving on to the great trans-Allegheny lunatic asylum. Like I said, we're going to be using a couple different sites. Um... There's one called The Horrifying History of the Trans-Alleghanian Lunatic Asylum by Katie Serena, published in February of 2018, which is going to be more about, we're going to talk about more of the history on that one. And then more of the haunting side is going to be The Haunting History of the Trans-Alleghanian Lunatic Asylum that is written from like WOWK13 News, it looks like. A local news outlet from West
1: Virginia where uh, the Lunatic Asylum is located, specifically in uh, Weston, West Virginia. Um, It's kind of right smack in the, sort of in the middle of the state of West Virginia if you're looking at a map. You know what's really weird? You pull up a map and look at what the state of West Virginia is shaped like. It's kind of right in the middle. We're going to two places in West Virginia right after each
0: other. Yeah, I know. I just thought
1: about that. Well, I'm going to be in West Virginia twice this year because
0: West Virginia's
1: getting it. I'm like, Cuz I thought about that. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be in West Virginia in June and August this year. I think that's the most I've been to the state. <laughs> I've been there ever.
0: I've been there once and
1: I wasn't even there. I drove through it. Yeah. I've driven through, <laughs> so... I've, I've driven through West Virginia enough, enough times, but I've never actually like stopped stopped and visited any place in West Virginia. So, uh yeah, pretty excited. Um one thing real quickly before we get started on the uh, one, the article that uh, Katie Serena wrote. Um, the structure of the building is um, pretty much what they use. It'll get into this, but uh, the Kirkbride style is also similar. You guys, I mean, you guys will hear that word. And that was pretty much the style that was erected for just about any asylum in the uh early 18th 19th century um and you guys will remember us bringing up that back when we talked about uh Danvers State Hospital um all those which styles which it still and, has yeah that it's the that that front entrance of the building is called a Kirkbride style and Danvers still has that so if you ever see that style uh that was pretty synonymous with Any state hospital in the U.S. in the eighteenth and nineteenth centuries. So, even though um, that's
0: now a fucking apartment complex, uh, I wouldn't want to live there. No,
1: absolutely not.
0: Thanks. All right, guys. So, getting into the history of the Lunatic Asylum. Deep in the heart of West Virginia, surrounded by sweeping grounds and green lawns, there's a beautiful long building with a tall steeple in the center. Uh Go into the chat. It looks like a, an expensive boarding school or an attractively weathered manor house. That's quite a fucking
1: house. I could that was boarding a boarding school.
0: Yeah, not a not a house. The structure is neither now abandoned. It, the structure is neither. Wow, I can't read. Now abandoned, it was once the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum and its Hall's Witness atro- atro- atrocities that left their mark on the building and the surrounding community. So what it was actually supposed to be, it wasn't always a nightmarish facility. In fact, when it was commissioned back in the early 1850s, its conception marked one of the first hopeful developments in centuries for mental patients. The building was the brainchild of Thomas Story Kirkbride, a doctor and crusader for the mentally ill who founded what would in time become the American Psychiatric Association. Kirkbride built on the foundation established by famous reformer Dorothy Dix, who sought to disabuse people of their misconceptions about mental illness. Namely, that it was a shadowy, irreversible condition, best treated in darkness with force and physical restraint. Shaky as the science behind some of Kirkbride's medical ideas, it undeniably led to a more humane and all-around more effective plan of treatment for the residents of his asylums than any other practice of the era. He emphasized the importance of light and fresh air, suggesting that asylums be built with long halls. Twelve foot ceilings, plenty of windows and ventilation that allowed for cross breezes, which is exactly what Danvers did. Like that was why Danvers was built, which we discussed that why it was built, where it was built, and how why they had all the all the windows. Even the fucking um, Waverly Hills had it.
1: The bat wings, yeah, yeah. They refer to them as bat wings, the big open area so air could air could come through and and sunlight. It was just considered to stimulate the mind more more positively. And really, if you think about it, that is true. I mean, how often does, if you're if you're a nature type of person, or just in general, if you get out, as soon as you're outside in the sunlight and the fresh air, you just feel better. So it yes. would make perfect sense. And it, it would make perfect sense that it would help your mental stability. Oh, someone, yeah. Especially someone that already suffers from a severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. So he also
0: emphasized freedom, mental patients, he felt should be allowed to roam as much as possible and find stimulation for their minds. They would behave better, not worse, if given more control over their own lives. Very true as well. His ideas inspired the construction of 73 Kirkbride hospitals across the country in the second half of the 19th century, including the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. When it opened its doors in 1863... The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane was a model of Thomas Kirkbride's ideals. It could house 250 patients, each with their own comfortable room. Skilled stonemasons had been brought in from Germany and Ireland to contribute to the architecture that featured wide-open windows, giving patients access to natural light and fresh air. The grounds were magnificent and sustainable, including a working farm, dairy, waterworks, gas well, and cemetery it was as architect Richard Snowden Andrews had intended it to be, a self-sufficient state-of-the-art facility designed to make patients feel at home, well-cared for, and restored. But, in 1881, disaster struck. Due to an increase in mental health diagnosis and the stigma surrounding the disease, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum found its tranquil facilities overrun, housing almost 500 more patients than they ever imagined. This is what
1: happens to all of them. All of them. Every (laughs) single one. There becomes such a stigma, and all of a sudden, people who may be suffering from something as simple as alcoholism is thrown into a mental asylum, and before you know it, they're overrun and understaffed and... This is a tale as old as time. This is what happened all it was Tale
0: as old as time.
1: Also, I did want to say, just preface the fact that um, it actually didn't become more well known as the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum until later, um, after it was decommissioned. Mm-hmm. It was uh, more widely known back in that time as the Weston State Hospital. Or the That's West, right. Yep. Yeah. So it, it kind of took on the name, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, uh... Later on, so that's that's just why we're going to refer to it as such um, throughout the entirety of the podcast. But I just didn't want to preface the fact that, as in the time that it was open and running, it was referred to as the Weston State Hospital. So at this point, the hospital couldn't keep up. Conditions began to decline dramatically.
0: Patients were crammed together, sometimes four or five in a room intended for one. The farm and dairy on the compound originally designed to provide for 300 when unable to meet the increased demand that came with overcrowding. Patients began to suffer from malnutrition, which made the mental health issues worse. By 1938, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum was six times over capacity. The patients inside were running wild, orderlies outnumbered, struggled to regain control. At its peak in the 1950s. Now think about this a place that was meant to house 250 people. The hospital, by the 1950s, had 2,600
1: patients. So that's ten times than what it was originally supposed to have accounted for. That's a, that's the Titanic. Yeah. Actually, that's 400 more people than the Titanic. That's... Yeah. Whoa! Yeah,
0: that's,
1: that's <laughs> way too much.
0: To expose the terrible conditions within... The Charleston Gazette attempted to send in a crew to investigate the inner workings of the asylum. What they found shocked them. Patients were sleeping on the floor in freezing rooms due to a lack of furniture and heat. That's... That's so fucked up. The overcrowding... And this is a mental asylum.
1: But see, and and again, this is another thing that we've talked about in previous episodes that we've done about mental asylum, is that one of the biggest problems that happens with a lot of these is that... um, Once you, you know, you, you at first have government backing, the states are so happy about it. They're all for it when they first open. Well, then all of a sudden it's like, once you, once, once these hospitals start reaching out, the, 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 The states are so happy that they opened because they just want to get rid of these people. There's such a stigma behind mental illness at this time or anything that that they deem mental illness that they wanted these hospitals built as soon as possible so that they could just get them off the streets. A lot of times they were homeless and indigent and they just wanted to get them in these places. Well, the more overcrowded they became and the more that administrators went to the state for help. The states didn't want to give them help. They were so quick to open them up, but so quick to tell them no when they needed more help. They wanted to open up and show more people in, but they didn't want to give the money back to help them. So that's when these hospitals had to try to raise their own funds and were unable to. A lot of times, too, they were kind of a smear on the town. People didn't want to give money back to these places because they you know, they were kind of shunned upon. You know, you... you If you had family that you took there, they were no longer family. You didn't refer to it. So, and even, again, state officials, they were like, we wanted them there, but we didn't want to acknowledge that they were there. So we didn't want to help them either. Um, That really helps mentally ill people. It really does. Which is really really hard because I feel like even now, if state-run hospitals would have been able to get the fundings that they needed, and our country didn't shun mental illness as much as it did then, and even as much as it does now, we wouldn't have such an overwhelming amount of homeless Mm -hmm. and problems that we do. Because prior to COVID, majority of homeless um, are people with mental illnesses. This isn't drugs. I mean, people with mental illness will turn to drugs but um homeless populations are due to mental illness and if a lot of these people would have had a proper state run facility that they could live in if they feel like they couldn't acclimate back into society there's none of those that exist none of those that exist there's no state run one there's no state run facilities anymore facilities now are opened by private corporations and if you don't have insurance or hundreds of hundreds of dollars you can't stay there. Well, the problem with a lot of
0: mental illness is number one, a lot of people don't believe it exists. Yeah. Number two, if they do believe it exists, they don't want to deal with it. And there are some they that don't, don't want to deal with it. There
1: are some that are legitimately dis, dis, there are some that are legitimately uh uh debilitating mm-hmm. to where people really can't live quote unquote normal lives. So if they had beautiful facilities that they could go to, like these ones were originally intended, where they could have their own room, uh, work on the grounds, so like they have a regular job and sort of be a part of society, but sort of not. And, but still be able to live as a regular person and, and, have the state and the government be able to fund that type of thing i think it would be really 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 beneficial but we don't have those no because that's not considered important so let's just throw them on the streets and make the homeless population climb through the roofs or bust them to other neighborhoods so a lot
0: of it like i said really does come down to the point where people just don't believe mental illness exists
1: they just don't think it's a thing Oh, it's still yeah, and it's still 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 like where depression and anxiety. It's just like oh, where you're just making that up. And I'm not even talking about those; those can get to the point where they're debilitating. I'm talking about ones where people are like schizophrenic. uh, You know what I mean? Like,
0: like actually, like mentally personalities.
1: They 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 really would would benefit from being somewhere where they could be. And I don't I don't mean institutionalized. I mean have state run facilities where they could live out their lives normal but somewhere where it they could feel safe, not homeless. It was kind of like a nursing home. Yeah, but for mentally ill. People. But it's not privatized, and it's no. not ungodly expensive, and not you don't right. have to have insurance. The state pays for it, you know. But universal health care and socialism. <laughs> don't get me started um, on that. Anyway, uh, I was actually talking to my. I was, like, yeah. I was actually talking to
0: my friend the other day, Lucy from, from uh, behind the screams, and uh, shout out behind the screams. Shout out behind the screams, Ian. Lucy, Lindsay, Dave, um, I told her about how our healthcare works. And she was just dumbfounded. Oh, yeah.
1: She's like, what
0: What the hell is that even? And I'm even like, oh, no, it's nothing. from Canada
1: are shopped. I've heard people from Canada come here and they've talked about like, oh, I broke my arm and I had to go to a hospital and I was like. What? I have to pay for what? But like you break your arm in Canada, you get a bill for like the cable TV that you had to use in your room. Like that's it. Otherwise everything else is covered and you know, you know or you, you go know, somewhere and you or you walk into the hospital and after after you get treated, you walk up and you start pulling out money and they're like, "Oh no, you don't have to pay anything." You're like, "What?" Whereas whereas here you're not even treated yet. They have someone that comes even before the fucking doctor comes into your goddamn room. They have a register that comes into your room. And you could literally have a sling being a fucking sling. And they have somebody before the doctor even comes in asking what your insurance information is and how you're going to pay for this visit. You haven't even seen the goddamn doctor yet. And if you're not in a fucking coma, they want to know how you're going to pay for this. And you're not going to see a doctor until you tell them how you're going to pay for this. Now, can you imagine not having to do that? I wouldn't know what to do. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't know either. what to do. No, like I what? Don't, I don't have to. What? I'm not going to get a bill. What? <laughs> what? I'm not going to get a bill from five different people. <laughs> yeah,
0: American healthcare sucks, fucking ass. Anyway. Like I said, don't get me on this, man. I'll be on my soapbox I all mean, night with this shit. I mean, we go this
1: all the time, guys. When it comes to these kind of things, it's pretty hard to talk. It's pretty hard to not talk about the failure of the healthcare system in this country. Yeah. It's been a continued failure for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, and mental health is something that's very important to the both of us. So when we talk about things in terms of, of uh, facilities like this, where the money is there to fund it, it just, nope, that's not what we want to use it for. It's, it's, that's all encompassed into the failure of of the healthcare system, especially pertaining to mental health.
0: Yep. That's where it's hurting the worst. Yeah. That's for sure. The overcrowding had resulted in overworked staff and a decreased emphasis on sanitization. Wow. Sanitation. Sanitization.
1: You're like, I added too many letters. Anyways, <laughs>
0: <laughs> The once bright, clear windows were covered with grime, darkening, darkening and further chilling the rooms. The wallpaper was peeling from decay, and where it hadn't disintegrated on its own, the patients had torn it off in a panic. Worse still were the patients themselves. Those whom the orderlies deemed unable to be controlled had been locked in cages and open spaces in an attempt to make more bedrooms available for less worrisome inhabitants, because locking people in cages is a great idea. The asylum had also become a training ground for experimental lobotomies as Walter Freeman, the famous surgeon and lobotomy advocate, opened up shop. In the course of his lifetime, Freeman performed about 4,000 lobotomies, leaving sometimes perfectly healthy patients with lasting physical and cognitive damage his ice pick method which involves slipping a thin pointed rod like an ice pick into the patient's eye socket oh sorry reading that my head just <laughs> and using a ha- using a hammer to force it gets it gets me
1: every time and i have actually watched <sighs> actual video footage of lobotomies <sighs> being performed cuz you can it's a thing guys you can you can google it and search it and you can watch it and it is the most i don't like anything We've talked about this. Anything involving an eyeball... Yeah, no. ...or something coming towards an eyeball... No. ...I can't handle no. to begin with. So, imagining being lobotomized, I... Uh... Yeah, I... Or even watching one, like a live one, like...
0: No. Uh, yeah, no. that's a no from me, dog. Yeah, it's a no. So, using a hammer to force it to... Server, sever, server, sever the connective tissue in the brain's prefrontal cortex resulted in a number of deaths. I bet it did.
1: (laughs) What, What they failed to, what Walter Freeman failed to realize is that severing that particular part of the prefrontal cortex caused severe brain damage. He thought it was curing people because all of a sudden someone went from being quote unquote hysterical hysterical or or flailing around or quote unquote violent, it turned them into mindless zombies. zombies. Mm-hmm. And he thought, and the rest of the psychiatric community at the time, Thought that that was a cure. Because all of a sudden now they're quiet and docile. Well, yeah, that's because they have brain damage. You've given them brain damage. You shoved a fucking ice pick into their goddamn brain. You have now turned them into a cucumber. They have brain damage. Or a tomato, whatever. Well, technically that's fruit. Um, An eggplant. You've turned them into an eggplant. You've turned them into a vegetable penis. Exactly. So... um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just have one question for you, though. Am I not
0: pretty? (laughs) You knew. Think about fucking
1: lobotomies. because you're
0: talking about lobotomies when she fucking sticks a fucking drill in their skull.
1: Dahmer did it because he wanted to turn them into. Am I not pretty enough? Is my heart too... <laughs> it just, it just boggles my mind that even, you know, we look back on, you look back on things like in the early, early, like 16th, 17th centuries back when they were, you know, you would, they, they thought bleeding out would help diseases. Yeah. Where they thought, you know, and we thought that shit was crazy. So by the time you're in the 18th and 19th century, you would think, oh, well, you know, Hopefully by now the, you know, the medical community has made greater strides where they're not going to be doing dumb shit. Nope. It actually got fucking worse. The fact that this guy did this to over 4,000 people, and if you guys go back and listen to our Danvers episode where we go really extensively into lobotomies, and we even talk about one of the, this happened to one of the Kennedys, mm-hmm. and they kept that shit, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hush, hush, for like 50 fucking years and like literally nobody knew um and all that had to do was he this you know the the father kennedy didn't like the fact that his daughter was maturing and Thought that she would be a plight on the family and he wanted her to be more docile. So, you know, let's give her a lobotomy. And it literally gave her brain damage. And she sat there drooling on herself in a fucking wheelchair in a mental hospital for the rest of her life. Shunned by the Kennedy family and literally the family dark secret for decades. Nobody talked about her. Nobody. And this was John F. Kennedy, the fucking president's sister. And nobody talked about this woman. Like the fact that not only did it happen to her, it happened to th- guys, this what thousands, thousands of people forcibly brain damaged to cure them. Am I not? I, know, like, I don't even understand how they really, how they <sighs> genuinely thought that that was a cure, that them sitting there cross eyed, drooling on themselves, well, they're not. They're, they're cured. They're not moving. Well, yeah, they're not moving. They're not eating. They're shitting on themselves. They literally, they're invalids now. They can't do anything anymore. That's not a life. That is not a life. That is not a cure. That went on for way, way too long. And if you, and you know, and it just, and it, and it wasn't done. And it, here's the other thing too. This was not, the patients didn't want this. Right. It's not like they wanted that. This wasn't like the patients volunteered to be lobotomized and signed forms giving permission. This was forcibly done by the hospital against their will. And this guy is considered the father of modern psychiatric medicine. I mean, it, it's, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. This, that, that just, that really, really, really bothers me. That has just always bothered me when I started, you know, when you research about psychiatric medicine and you go, especially uh, with Walter Freeman, how he just is still considered so prolific. And I'm like, this man gave thousands, this man ru- ruined thousands of lives. Thousands of lives. Lobotomies are sickening. I mean, if if it was considered to be a help, why don't we still do it? Obviously, it didn't work. (laughs) I mean, if it was really a cure, they'd still be performing lobotomies. I mean, think about it. It was stopped for a reason. I'm going to go get one. Nobody was signing up for it. I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes I want one. (laughs)
0: I'm going to walk up in there and be like,
1: am I not pretty enough? And then or, the person who gets it. Or could we sign up other people? Because there's other people I really feel like could <laughs> use.
0: Don't tempt me with that shit. I'll do it myself. I'm going to make this pencil fucking disappear, bitch.
1: <laughs> buy ice picks on Amazon. I'm going to make this I, I-, I-, I could buy ice picks on Amazon. I'm going to make this ice pick mm-hmm. disappear. Mm-hmm. Boom! Oh shit. I'm sure you could buy like a, a six pack on Amazon. You know, it'd be great. I wouldn't have to work out.
0: <laughs> anyway. Oh god, lord. By the time the asylum closed, only one part of its grounds had been expanded to accommodate the new demand the graveyard. I love how they, like,
1: I know, dun, dun,
0: dun, like, super dramatic the graveyard. I sucked in. I'm sorry. (laughs) The expose published by the Gazette spurred a movement to close down the hospital, but it wasn't until 1994, after more than 100 years of squalor, that the trans allegheny Lunatic Asylum forever closed its doors. Now the once ornate building, intended for healing but designed for destruction, sits abandoned as if patients simply vanished into thin air. Rooms are filled with medical equipment, decrepit furniture, and wheelchair wheelchairs, sit in the hallways. Since 2007, tours have been made available for those who wish to see the asylum firsthand. Ghost hunters, the building's most frequent visitors, say they can feel the presence of the hundreds who perished in shocking conditions. Excuse me. The skeptical deny this, but all agree the building serves as a reminder of a shameful past and urgent call to do better in the future. Of course the skeptical are like, nah, but... You know, I I never force my beliefs on anybody ever in my entire life, but
1: I'm like, go surreal. I just don't know how you could ever think that, especially place in places that, like that. Yes, any place that has that many deaths, that much tragedy, that much trauma um, energy, trauma, just, and that energy just, mm, oof. Oh my god, oof. It, it bleeds into the into the walls. It's it's forever there yep it never leaves so um i will go ahead and read the article from the local uh wwk 13 news uh published two years ago the haunting history of the trans allegheny lunatic asylum um so it starts by saying that paranormal paranormal programs are more popular than ever um we i did want to mention quickly that uh the um trans allegheny lunatic asylum has been visited by several uh different ghost shows um this show ghost stories ghost hunters ghost adventures they visited paranormal lockdown um portals to hell which is the one with uh, jack osborne and katrina they have visited um also destination fear so um several 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 paranormal television shows have visited um, I, unf- I, I'm sure I've seen them. I unfortunately did not get to watch any prior to the recording of the episode. But, um, again, guys, like we've talked about before, if you're a Ghost Hunters fan, if you're a Ghost Adventures fan, if you're any of those Paranormal Show fans, get you Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus month, is so fucking Fucking amazing. buy it. Um, so it goes in to say that the thought of catching an apparition on camera is irresistible to many and a hot spot for supernatural activity can be found right in the mountain state which is west virginia um so this is the person that wrote the article this is actually her firsthand account of visiting um it says welcome to the trans allegheny lunatic asylum as we mentioned in Weston, west virginia um from the outside many people say it looks like a manor house but for some it is a house of horrors that is still trapped inside The operations manager, Rebecca Jordan, states that there are still about seven to eight resident patients that still reside there and that they do still live there. They never checked out. Um, It's a little brief history about it being built in the mid-1800s, designed to house 2,500 by the 1950s. It uh, was over 10 times that many in poor overcrowded conditions, like Casper had read before. So Rebecca mentioned that when her family bought the property over a decade ago, that it didn't take long for um, them to start having different experiences in the building. Uh, She mentioned that. um, Oh, said Jordan. Okay, she goes. uh, He laid his hand on my shoulder and squeezed. I was scared to death. The group in front of me was asking, what happened to you? That was the last year I worked in the haunted house. So that was one of her experiences. Um, So not only are there paranormal tours that are offered, like we said, since the, what was that, like since 2007? Yes. They've had them open. Um, They pride themselves on the history tours that preserve an often uh, disturbing history of mental health treatment in the early 20th century, like we had mentioned before. So um, one thing that the owner mentioned was that understanding what they went through does make it easier to communicate. And like Casper and I have said that many, many, many times that when you walk into places, especially places like former prisons, asylums, sanatoriums, uh, you have to understand the pain and the trauma of what those people went through there. And even though they're deceased, they were at one time still people. So, if you can bring yourself to an understanding of what they experienced in life, it will make it a lot easier to communicate with them in death. Uh, It's a lot
0: of times why spirits are so attracted to empaths. Yeah. Because we can feel... Because there's an emotional understanding. Yeah, we can feel what they felt. And it's easier for them to... It's. I don't want to use the term help, but it's easier for them to help you understand what they went through when you're an empath. It just. It just is on a spiritual level,
1: right? Uh. So one thing that's mentioned, um, is uh, one thing that's mentioned in reference to uh, ghost hunting gear, um, with trying to contact any of the spirits at the asylum is um, an EMF meter or an electric. And magnetic field detector um, so that will pick up uh, EMF detectors I've always believed are very 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 effective in picking up energy fields um, because if you're in an area especially if you're in an area that doesn't have a high flow of electricity um, a lot of these abandoned buildings don't have you know you're in areas that don't have any lights that don't have any electricity whatsoever so If you have an EMF detector and that thing's going off and you're in an area that doesn't have any electricity, there is no reason why that should be detecting any energy unless there is a spirit. Because spirits will produce uh, energy. That's how a lot of times, you know, that's why people will say they see orbs or shadows or full body apparitions because that is a product of the spirits, the spirit displaying energy. A really high amount of energy. It was really cool, like, going into playing the game Phasmophobia
0: and you have to find the ghost. The game kind of teaches you how to ghost hunt, but what's really cool is because me and you have done it and we're so into mm-hmm. that shit, the first thing I picked up was the EMF detector because you have to find where the ghost is. Obviously, the EMF detector is going to tell you where the ghost is because yeah. if you turn it on... It stays on the one, and then depending on where you go, it'll sometimes spike, and that's where you know the spirit is, but it was so funny because, like, the game didn't teach me that. I knew that.
1: So. That's really cool, too. You already know since you've done it, so it's like you've already got I'm like, got bitch, I've done this in real life. Of having it. <laughs> so, um... Rebecca Jordan, the operations manager, goes in to talk about uh, one area of the asylum that's uh, a restroom where uh, spirits of two teenage boys from the 1950s or I'm sorry, 1940s are rumored to still linger. So apparently there's been contact uh, specifically with apparitions of these two teen boys. Um, so people over the years have left them gifts. Suggestions have been cigarettes, mints, gum. That's something that would just have been popular during that time in the 1940s. Um, One of the biggest uh, uh, hauntings that was actually captured back in 2008 when ghost hunters visited, according to Jordan, was uh, contact with a patient by the name of Jacob. So uh, she said that the first time that Jacob was ever seen or talked to was back in 2008 when ghost hunters visited. And um, I guess during sessions, uh, Jacob had mentioned that he wanted a beer. So three years after that episode, uh, Rebecca had received a gift, including patient administration forms from 1890 to 1892. And one of the patient names was a Jacob Ayers. And on his administration, on his administration paperwork from 1892, it states that um, he was admitted because he was an alcoholic, delusional, and thought that everyone was hiding his alcohol, specifically beer. So that is really crazy. That's that crazy, Three dude. years prior, there was contact with a patient named Jacob that was looking for beer, and then she was able to corroborate that story by actual patient administrative paperwork from 1892 that there was an alcoholic admitted by the name of Jacob Ayers. Um, So Jordan says, you have to know the history to get to know the paranormal. So um, that was just one article that was found in regards to Which is very cool. Hauntings in the area. uh, Hauntings of two boys from the 1940s in the restroom. So people leave them gifts like gum and cigarettes. Um, Jacob... Um, Him haunting the asylum, looking for his beer. So I'm I'm sure there's countless other spirits. I mean, if you dig deep, just like, you know, Rebecca said, and have a profound understanding for the patients, the likelihood that you would have more paranormal experiences would be astronomical because you're actually making contact with um, living people. I mean, these were these were people at one time. So, I mean, we've said that many many times before. It's going to make it so much easier if you go into one of these places and expect to have an experience. It will make it a lot easier to um, manifest an experience if you are respectful and also gain the understanding that these are people. Um. If you respect them, they respect you. If you go in and you f-
0: make them feel like they're fucking performing puppets, they're not going to do shit for you. Like, sorry, not sorry. They're, they're people. They're ghosts of people. You know, it was like when we went to the uh, Ohio State Reformatory, and there was a lot of people who were like, well, we're not getting anything. We had
1: shit happen all night yeah we sure did that's because we gave respect to the people that were there and had an understanding that these were people at one time and that's how you need to treat them and once you do and you have that understanding they will also have that understanding and they're more likely to communicate with someone like us yeah because it's you know Basically a mutual respect. Exactly. Um, They're not shy uh, sideshow freaks. But, and they're um, also not shy either. <laughs> when you... When they know you respect them.
0: And they know you want to contact them. Most of the time. You will contact them. They're not shy. They want you to know they're there. Unless oh, it's yeah. residual energy. Because it residual energy happens too. But...
1: Yeah, or kids because
0: the kids at the boarding house were kind of shy. Well, the boy was, the girl was not, but the boy was,
1: yeah. But like I said, um, if you guys are able to watch Ghost, you know, the Ghost Hunters episodes or the Ghost Adventures episodes, there was, um, you know, distinctive contact, uh, especially I think with Ghost Hunters, where a lot of where you know, where there were EVPs, um, and EMF detectors going off like crazy. I know that is one thing that I have seen uh, specifically with this place, even with amateur ghost hunters, that um, a lot of EVPs are picked up and, uh, and EMF detectors go off like crazy. Like there's just certain areas of the asylum that just have like these massive energy fields. So you will just pick up massive amounts, massive amounts of energy um, it also should be stated that not all I don't think all of the building, all of the hospital is completely or all of the asylum itself is is open. is isn't there only like parts of it that are open? I honestly don't okay. I, I don't know. I just thought I was reading so that would make sense were. though
0: if it's if it's some of it's too rundown or like unsafe, you know that would that would make sense. Because it is older than the reformatory, so obviously it's going to be probably a little bit more sketch as far as, yeah. you know, building goes. Ouch.
1: I was just reading, um... Yes. Okay, I was reading somewhere here once it opened up. Okay, so it has been open to the public since 2007, but actually in 2004, um... I said that on the first floor of the main building there were three small museums devoted to military history, toys, and mental health, but it was closed due to fire code violations. Um, oh
0: okay. Well, that's possible then that it might be not fully open then.
1: That there's parts the of parts it parts of may it not yeah fully open. So the the main building of the asylum, which is known as the Kirkbride, like we've mentioned, those those main buildings of any of these asylums just like danvers is called the kirkbride so that all of that on the first floor is open um yeah so there's not a lot i can find i wonder how they the operate when areas it goes to tour are, or two you know are open um
0: because i'm telling you the way the
1: reformatory did it that's where that's how i want everyone to do it How the reformatory did it. I don't know how old this is, but it says the main building of the asylum, known as the Kirkbride, holds several rooms that serve as the museum located on the first floor. There are paintings, poems, drawings made by patients in the art therapy programs, and a room dedicated to the different medical treatments and the strengths used in the past as artifacts such as a straitjacket and a hydrotherapy tub. The tour guide dresses in clothes that resemble 19th century nurse outfits, a blue dress, white apron, white cap, and white shoes. The shorter historical tour that offer the shorter historical tour offer allows visitors to see the first floor of the Kirkbride, while the longer historical tour allows visitors to see all four floors, apartments of the staff, the morgue, as well as the operating room. Aside from the historical tours, there are also two paranormal tours, which start as the sun sets and last around two to three hours, the longer being overnight, with the option of a private tour. Um... So it sounds like it's the majority, if not all of the uh, actual complete grounds of the hospital itself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any part of it, it's the place looks huge. It looks f- fucking massive. So and even driving th- up on the reformatory was one thing, but imagine driving up on that. Good night. Yeah. But yeah, like we were saying, there's no, you know, even though we only gave a few examples of some hauntings that have been reported there from that particular article, um, that just happened to be a local article, uh, if you watch, I'm I'm positive that uh, you know, those ghost hunters and ghost adventures episodes um were very strong because I do distinct I, I know I watched them, so I do distinctly remember there being very specific. Uh, interactions as far as EVPs that were collected and um, a lot of energy fields with EMF detectors. I think
0: my favorite piece of collection or my favorite piece of what my favorite piece of evidence for coll- from like collecting when you go ghost hunting I, I think it's EVPs because for some reason that just scares the shit out of me the fact that your phone or whatever you have any type of can device pick can pick up, up
1: yeah. something
0: that you physically cannot hear but it's there or just the fact that
1: i'm i'm i think what leaves me in awe even more is that even in death a spirit can put off that much energy like to there can speak. Still, yeah or or a play, or and not even so much that if if there's so much death in one area that if there are a collective amount of spirits still there that energy is that th- those, those many spirits in one collective area will put off massive amounts of of energy yep yeah for that's sure. for sure especially in a place like this you know um mm-hmm.
0: Or, you know, even the shit that you can't... What even gets me is the shit you can hear. That the EVP also picks up, but it's strong enough to where your human ear can pick it up. That's insane to me, too. Yeah. So...
1: That's some things that you can hear and other things that you can't at all. Um. EVPs
0: will always be my favorite thing, but it will always scare me. (laughs) Like... You know, when you first when when we when we come back and we go to bed and then I get up and I start reviewing everything and I listen really hard to the to the recordings right. and I hear something, I always just I get chills down my spine cuz that one that we got, there was like was it a cough? Yeah. In Waverly Hills, yeah. we got like a slight cough.
1: Yeah. Which make sense because it was right tuberculosis sanatorium. That was that was one that was really really. But actually
0: catching those footsteps at the end of that one, yeah, where I I didn't even feel like pretty much hands
1: down. That's probably that was probably one of the most definitive and frightening situations that I ever had. I wanted to be scared with you, but I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) well I just had never I never heard anything like that yeah that was never had an experience of actual footsteps and not only actual footsteps like footsteps that I knew were following me that could not be explained because we were the only ones in there so that wasn't like outside noise no it wasn't coming from another person it wasn't You know, it's just—it's one of those instances where I think, you know, any other experience can be debunked. Mm -hmm. Or people could try to. You know, if they really Mm -hmm. wanted to. Okay, if you want to say it's not an orb, it's dust, fine. If you want to say it wasn't a shadow person, it was just a shadow from the light, fine. If you want anything like that, I I, uh, 100% get it. This was one where every which way you tried to explain out of it, you couldn't. So, yeah, there's just, there's just instances. Um, let me tell you, I, I heard a story today that, uh, guys, I don't want to ruin it because I want to discuss it with Casper. And I really, really, really want to do this as a future episode. It was actually, I just heard it on a podcast. It was actually from an old Unsolved Mysteries episode. And let me fucking tell you, if this isn't definitive fucking proof that spirits are real, that spiritual energy is real and that spirits can manifest themselves and communicate with the living in ways that we couldn't imagine. I'm telling you, this is like undeniable evidence. I think there's so many different things that can be personal experiences, but this is like one of the first stories where I were, where I was like, let me, t- it, it, where it's like, Fully corroborated by many, many, many other people where it's just like, yeah, okay, try to fucking explain this shit. Because there's just certain things that if you, that's my whole thing. If you don't want to say it's a ghost, at the very least, if you've tried every which way you can to explain it and you absolutely can't, then you just then then you have no choice but to say okay this was unexplainable phenomena i have no other way to I, I don't know how else to i don't i don't know what else to say about it i can't explain it there's nothing there's absolutely nothing else i have no evidence to back it's it up it's pernamal. yep it's pernamal. so there's been there's been we've had we got to have that experience but other people who also have had that experience it's It's life-changing. It really is. Because it's like... That's one of the reasons
0: why our Massachusetts trip was life-altering. Among
1: a million, billion other reasons why. But... You know, when you go through things that can't be explained, it it sticks with you. And it's amazing to have somebody... Yeah.
0: Who can corroborate, like, am I crazy? Like, everything you've experienced, Kristen, is this happening to well, you? That's so why I was like, saying.
1: This story that I, wanted, that I really want to do, the fact that there's so much evidence and other people to back it up, that's the biggest thing. Like, you can have your own experience, mm-hmm. and that's all fine, well, and good, because you have that for yourself. But when you have somebody else to back it up that, like, either they were there or they know or they heard it, it's, like, all the more where you're like, oh, okay, you know. You feel More validated, you that's what it you is. You don't feel That's exactly like it what was in it your it's head. validation because of this this is real. This usually, really happened. Usually
0: when something paranormal happens to you, your first response is, how can I explain it away? Because you want to be rational about it. Which or is how you, you should be. When you
1: capture something. I right. think that's the biggest thing too. That's that why I always send stuff to you. There. Do you see this? Yeah. Do you hear this? That's why I love, I think that's the number one reason why I got, I mean, I know that's the number one reason why I got so deep in ghost shows mm-hmm. was ones that were able to actual, actually catch, capture something. Like, like, you you hear it or you see it. Like, you hear that. You hear a voice and you know that that's not any other, there's nowhere else that voice could have come from except a spirit. Or you see something, you see an apparition, and there's no other way to explain it. Or I've seen things, let me tell you my biggest thing let a door just fucking open by itself. I have seen. Or slam. Or slam. But my biggest thing is like, I've seen ones where it's like a door is fucking dead bolted and it will just open open deadbolt sticking out and all like the whole fucking door will just open for no fucking reason i don't
0: know what the fuck just happened yeah. i don't really care mm-hmm. i'm gonna get the fuck up out of here yeah i fuck draw the line
1: my- i draw the line mm. <laughs> you guys or have you a just line. jump into you my have lap and- have a line and when it's here we don't cross it as soon as we go over it fuck it that's what you said exactly fuck this shit i'm out I'm done fuck this shit i'm out no reason for me to stay <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> oh you none. want me to go sure oh i'm, I'm, out. I'm out good that's
1: good i'll leave you don't have to tell me twice nope yeah. you tell me once i'm good i'll leave <laughs> but anyway um i don't have any more information if you don't um Mm-mm. it was fun we can't wait to go i can't wait to go um, i i'm Anybody that's visited, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Anybody that hasn't, I hope you do. Also, I hope you do get to visit and you also enjoyed. Um I know we didn't have a lot of information as far as hauntings go, mm-hmm. but safe to say this place has had experiences. Yes. Obviously, if you can find the Ghost Hunters and the Ghost Adventures episodes, go find those. Discovery they, Plus probably has they the Ghost got Adventures. A, they one. got exactly, The portals <laughs> to hell one, those were more recent. Um, and again, just to give the history of the place, these, most of these places fall in line of the same stories where they start off with the best of intentions, but through (sighs) lack of help, lack of funding, lack of care, they're just, um, decimated. And, uh, God damn, this place lasted a hundred fucking years of, torture it's for these for these people <laughs> and until they finally closed it down like that's what i think that's another thing that amazes me with a lot of these stories is how a lot of these places didn't close until like the early to mid 90s like they stayed open for a hundred years so many of these places did and the majority of that time was awful for people and then guess what happened when they closed down and those people that were still stuck there what do you think they went They didn't go back home to families. Their families didn't look at their families. Wanted them in the first place, they wouldn't have sent them there. So as soon as they were closed down, they definitely weren't sent back to the families that didn't want them. Nope. They became homeless. So it's just such a lesson. That's another reason why I like to do these episodes, because I want to bring awareness to what, you know, obviously with COVID the homeless situation is completely different thing now, but really at the heart of it is mental illness. And there needs to be so much more advocacy for the help of homeless populations with relations to mental illness now more than ever. Now more than ever. Because especially people with COVID that are, are going to battle, that have lost their homes, um, so now they're battling with something that they've never had to battle with before. Um, so yeah, it's just all encompassed. Mental illness directly leads to all of these other things. And the very foundation of the start of these were were um, mental health facilities that could have been run so much better. And they just won't because people didn't care. Um,
0: please tell me why your husband just coughed and I felt my entire inside body jolt. <laughs> not, I, not my outside body, just my inside
1: I, body. I didn't because I knew it was his cough. I mean, happens. it's not like
0: I didn't know it was him. For some reason, my brain was like... <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> because you were tense and when we're tense it's like what was that like every little sound you're like even if you know what it is you're just like we sitting here what talking about ghosts and shit and i know when like, you're like ghost cough like
0: ghost cough <laughs> <laughs> that ghost type the covid
1: ghost you didn't get your Pfizer shot like what the hell <laughs> Could you you
0: imagine spirits being like, are you fucking serious? (laughs)
1: Like, you're dead. How the fuck did you get it? It's Britney, bitch. Don't come around me. (laughs) I didn't know Rowan was contagious for ghosts. Get the fuck away from me. (laughs) Oh my God,
0: stop it. Bob's
1: got it. Stay away from Bob. Everybody stay the fuck away from Bob. Bob, get the fuck away from
0: me. (laughs) All the ghosts are like, <laughs> <they're> like ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> And Bob's like what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know I could get it either. We don't even have lungs. First I thought it was allergies and then I didn't even snork in the storm to head because I'm like, how do I have allergies? How do I have
0: a fever? How do I ha- I don't even have lungs, Steve? I don't have lungs. <laughs> how the fuck I can't get diarrhea i can't poop
1: i got the ghost rona <laughs> the
0: grona <laughs> the gorona this is what happens when we haven't seen each other in two years. i got the gorona <laughs> oh my lord oh
1: my god
0: okay. the ghost gets the rona and then piano man starts playing <laughs>
1: Sing, Bob's me. got Corona.
0: <laughs> I cannot. I am done. I am finished.
1: I am finished.
0: I can't Sing breathe. me a song. I know, like I can't
1: breathe. I I'm done now. I'm done. That you, did it. You that can't breathe. How about fucking Bob, it. who's got the Corona? That fucking did it. When you said that and then you just, you just freeze frame on his face and all of a sudden it starts playing hello darkness my I was hope. like
0: no cause I'm like picturing Casper's face and it's like <laughs> well when life gives you lemons he did put the wee the wee Oh my God, we cannot go. No, we cannot I know, go to the know, West
1: is Virginia happens.
0: Penitentiary and walk up in there and be like, boop, 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 boop. Them ghosts are gonna be like, What in the hell? You <laughs> don't even know what that is. <laughs> like me with the kids at the fucking boarding house. Just you can touch the Chucky doll, you're like, Honey, honey, they're from the 1800s, they don't know who Chucky is. And I was like,
1: not a clue. Good point. (laughs) I was
0: like, the doll. The doll sitting over here. That. (laughs) That. (laughs) Doll. (laughs) I mean, they eventually did touch him. Yeah. So. Yeah. (sighs) So, you guys, that concludes our ghost haunting the episode of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some scares. Hopefully you listened to this in the dark. (laughs) Oh, So next week we are going to be discussing another cold case of the Long Island serial killer. I personally do not know a lot about this yet, but I know a little bit. This one is insane. Um, he is unidentified to this day. Still don't know who it was. He is believed to have murdered 10 to 15, 10 to 16 people over a period of 20 years, mostly prostitutes. Um, Yeah, this from what I can remember. Actually, I want to give a shout out to Taylor for this because Taylor, my friend Taylor, had the suggestion to do this one. Um, From what she told me, it's it's pretty fucking crazy. So we will be talking about him next week. Looking forward to that. And was there anything else before I get into the socials and all this fun stuff? That was all I got. All right, guys. So next week, of course, you all know we have the DF. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All that Don't Fuck With The Original for now. And then uh, we have, you know, our email. If you would like to send us an email at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. And, of course, you know, we're on um, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Give us a follow. Give us a rating. Excuse me. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you guys for being patient. You guys are awesome. Have a great week. And I think that's it. Yep. Yeah. I think I you know. nailed
1: it. We got it.
0: It's been a good one.
1: Wagboard. Nailed it. it. <laughs> Algebra board. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna miss. Google. Can
0: you get? I'm gonna miss. Proganda nut. Can you get? Progante.
1: <laughs> Can you get? Progante. <laughs> <you> get... <laughs>
0: The Luigi
1: board. The I, Luigi if, board. If I wouldn't have known it. I would have thought that was a real fucking word. Pragante. Pragante. <laughs> Pragante.
0: I feel like it is a real word of like a play. Like when you go. Like a that, play. It's and
1: done, and like that... a play when it's like. My lord, I am Pragante. <laughs> Actually, to me, with the way that I was saying it, it almost sounds like a bad telenova. Like, it's a really, really, really bad Mexican soap opera. (laughs) Pregante. (laughs) Oh my god. I
0: cannot. (laughs) Now I just have Piano Man playing. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so oh, All right, guys. Oh we're, we're done. We're this, done. No more. Okay, guys. guys. Have a great week. We'll see you. We'll hear you next week. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next week. We'll hear you. You'll hear us next week. Okay, bye. <laughs>